0: Without further ado, um, hi. Without further ado. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Um,
1: without further ado.
0: Without further ado. So, are we doing the opening now? Yeah. We're, we're starting off with like the opening? No, I don't know. Uh, we leave it at the end. I think that's what we typically do. Yeah. Um, we're really bad at this. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hello, this is the Tentative Podcast, where we talk about digital product design. I'm Kyle Fiedler in Philly, and with me is...
0: the uh, from sunny Stockholm. Actually, I met yesterday someone who listens to the podcast, like in person. That was great. I met a couple people
1: that yeah. listen to it, and every time I'm like, you don't listen to this yeah. podcast. It's stupid. Yeah, and they're like, I,
0: no, it's good. And I'm like,
1: no, you're wrong.
0: So yeah, I would like to say hi to to that person if he keeps listening. I think he won't <laughs> get to this episode. He told me I'm still like in episode 4 or 5. I think back then we were still like on topic. Uh so I don't know. Maybe maybe he will listen to this or not. But if he's listening, so yeah. I mean it's it's great to to meet people who uh I mean not coworkers or like people from it was not at, a, at a, like a local event and someone came to me and it's like, yeah, I listen to your podcast. And I'm like, whoa, amazing. I've got one listener that I know. <laughs> so how have you been? I've been pretty good. Yourself? Pretty good. Pretty well. It's been a sunny week here in Stockholm. Um, so that, that helps a lot with the morale, I guess. Mm-hmm. What have you been working on?
1: We can totally talk about interviews.
0: (laughs) What what do you mean by interviews? Like hiring
1: interviews or Yeah, so we're right now we're hiring designers in New York and San Francisco. And so I've been looking for people to hopefully poach them or encourage them to apply. And then I've been conducting interviews with
0: the people that have applied. Like casual interviews or like formal, like what, what technical interviews or a mix of both? I've been mostly doing
1: what, what we call non-technical interviews. So our interview, our hiring process, I guess, uh, it starts with a non-technical interview and that is to make sure that they're mostly like a culture fit as much as you can do within like, you know, half an hour to an hour, um, uh, make sure they're personable, friendly, you know, these are all skills that we're looking for, not just to join our team, but like also because we're all consultants and we're all talking to clients face-to-face. And so everyone that we hire needs to be have those qualities, right? Like like human qualities, not, yes, not human necessarily qualities. like
0: skills and stuff.
1: Right. Not every designer and developer has the skills to be able to communicate effectively to clients. The other things I'm looking for there are like leadership and then just reaffirming. So before we even get to a non-technical interview, we're doing a review of their portfolio, and that essentially is looking at their visual design, seeing what products they've made, uh, seeing hopefully they have some some thought process through that. And I guess we could probably just talk a lot about like the portfolio review process. So I've looked through their portfolio. Then I jump into a non-technical interview with them. And then the next step after that is doing a technical interview. And that's just again reconfirming that we they know the things that we think they know. Yeah. So it's going over for designers, it's going over design process, going over, you know, tools that they use right. and HTML and CSS and making sure that they're up to date on things like SAS and hopefully use bourbon before.
0: This is the technical interview, right?
1: Right. Okay and then the last step is we'll have them into the office for a day and that may vary depending on offices but yeah. most offices will have like in the morning you'll be pairing with other designers and then in the afternoon you'll be doing a design challenge yeah um, and presenting that design challenge to the team at the end of the day
0: right that's a long process yep you know you know my my process like is basically my interview question is: Have you ever designed a hamburger icon? You, you, basically your answer to that will determine whether we're gonna go to the last step or not. <laughs> but pretty much, you know, That's you've got to you've got to take my advice. Like, so it, tell, it tells a lot about people. So if
1: I get my daughter to apply, basically what you're saying is since she's never designed a hamburger yeah, icon,
0: absolutely, like. Her, she
1: automatically her, just go to the last. Yeah.
0: Her brain is still like uh pure. <laughs> okay. She never she never messed <laughs> with that and that's good. Like <laughs> I'd rather work with someone who has never touched that. Okay, I'm I'm joking. But uh how many questions do you ask in uh the first interview like the non-technical, the non-technical one? Technical? Those I'm trying to be I'm trying to have
1: like a, more of a conversation so it it ends up hopefully being essentially something like this where it's a discussion. Yeah. Usually the first part of the conversation is about them and it's me asking questions about their history with design, like how they got into design and then what their team structures have been like seeing how, how they've worked in a team and what, what their roles were within that team and then trying to get a sense of who they are. Like what are their outside personalities? What are their outside interests uh, other than design?
0: Do you look at the portfolio before this step or after this step? Before this step. All right. And they ask them like to walk you through some of the work that they've done and why like they've done certain things a certain way? I don't do that. So that, for me, is more part of the technical interview. Oh,
1: okay. The non-technical interview, like after we talk about them, I'll talk about ThoughtBot and how we work and what we're looking for and let them ask questions. Yeah, during the technical interview, I feel like there it's more for us to do a deep dive into their design process, look at pieces that they've already worked on, and what their process was for for work, like building those, and then throughout that, like looking at their visual design process, what tools they use for visual design, what tools they use for HTML and CSS,
0: and so are you, do you ask about the tools just to know, or does that really affect? The hiring decision.
1: It gives an indication of their level of interest and knowledge in design. So like if someone just came to me and said that they only use illustrator and never used Photoshop or sketch and didn't have like solid foundation for reasons why, like that to me is a red flag. If they came to us and said, I use just illustrator, but I don't use Photoshop and sketch for these reasons. And they were somewhat sane. Um, I'd totally be down. Like, I'm not judging someone based on what tools, I'm judging on why they're using those tools. I
0: used only Illustrator when I joined
1: Thoughtbot, just so that you know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, <laughs> That's why I was using that as an
0: example. <laughs> yeah, I, I still, now I use Sketch mostly, but I understand that this is not a question to judge you whether you, you use the tools we like, but mostly to know whether you know why you're using such a tool it's more like listening to the reasoning behind why you choose a certain thing and not another, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And and hopefully,
1: like, some of that, too, is coming through. Like, the best portfolios I always see are the ones that their people are explaining their thought process behind things. Yeah, uh, And that's really what we're looking to get at, especially in that technical interview and for the day in the office is, like, how do you think... And like, what is
0: your design thinking process? Right. Before actually getting into any of these details, I should have asked you whether you enjoy doing interviews on a scale from zero to 10. I I do. I think 10.
1: This week, I've just done a ton of them. And so I'm kind of like burnt out. It's like, if you had come to me and the only thing I was doing for the whole week was bug fixes, I'd... Like I'd be totally burnt out of bug fixes. Yeah. No, I really enjoy doing those those non technical. Even the technical interviews, I enjoy meeting people and hearing about how they do design. I especially like it when they come with interesting questions and challenging questions. On a one to ten, I would say it's it's an eight and a half.
0: Eight and a half. That <laughs> that's that's a pretty high number. Yeah. I mean, if if you enjoy it, then uh, it's is definitely fine to do as many as, as you've been doing. Uh, Do you, do you change your, your patterns from one interview to another just to match the profile of the person? Or you have like a, a a set list of things that you do uh, to the letter, regardless of the person.
1: There are a few questions that I ask every single person um, for the non-technical interview and for the technical interview. But a lot of the times I'm trying to get a sense of their personality and, it's it's almost like for me it's a lot like doing practice for user research because I'm looking I'm looking to get a sense of who they are what their process is again so letting them talk and kind of tailoring questions to that person as I go along and just using those prefab questions as backups when I don't have anything else or can't yeah. think of you know another question to ask
0: cool. Actually, let let me let me put it this way uh to to make this a little bit more interesting to some of our listeners. If say I'm looking for a job, a design job. Are there any like tips you would give as someone who's conducting these interviews for a person who is, you know, the interviewee? So yeah, this might be a good good
1: way to have like a better discussion is the the first thing that we're looking at is the portfolio. And for me, that portfolio is like the step in the door, I guess. Yeah. So making sure that like your portfolio is showing off your best work. And then again, going back to like, like what I'm trying to get out of people, the entire interview is like, what is your design process?
0: What, what, what is your ideal like portfolio? Like how many items it has, how many text versus images just like describe like a portfolio that would, that you would look at and you would say i want this person it's it's something that that looks i would say the portfolio site
1: itself is set to the background so it's letting the work show for itself for each piece like i'm fine with like one to three pieces if they have like a very like basically taking photos of like the design process at the beginning so whiteboard sketches and then throughout showing like images of like, this is what it looked like at this point, And this is what it looked at this point. And a lot of the design process I feel like is iteration and, and, and being able to see someone's iteration from, from start to finish. It shows a lot more than, than this, you know, shiny final piece. Yeah. So I am like, I am looking for that, that like shiny final
0: piece, but, but more importantly, I'm looking to see how they got there. Sadly, the, uh, the designer community has been focusing more and more on the outcome thanks to things like Dribble and the fact that people don't have really time to look at the process. So you would post some work in progress and you would get a couple of likes, even if you put like a huge paragraph explaining what you're trying to solve. Whereas if you put the last, like, you know, the outcome with no paragraph at all, you will get a bunch of likes. And I feel like, I'm myself guilty of that, but this forced us to have like this focus on the outcome and less on the process. Yep, which is a sad
1: thing. The other thing that I would suggest, so after after the portfolio, uh, well, do you have any suggestions too for the portfolio?
0: Yeah, I I think the way I see it is, I agree that the process is important, but I think it's hard to capture the process in a portfolio in the sense that I'd be more interested in looking at a, a set piece of work and then look at stuff that the person has done beside that. So blog posts or books or open source, that sort of stuff that would give you a better idea. Because like, if you open an open source project, you can go to the commit history and see how this person has been improving this library or if it's a blog post, you can see how they're thinking about a certain topic is. Uh, and that's more like it's more genuine in the sense that you don't really think about the process when committing stuff. I mean, it's not as a portfolio where, you know, you can you can make it look really good or really bad depending on how well you do it. Whereas a blog post or a commit history is more telling about uh, how you how you approach design problems and things like that. And if a person doesn't have those, I will have a harder time convincing myself that that I understand their process because, you know, looking at uh just like a like pieces of work is not enough uh to understand. And I think writing is really important. I think one of the best ways to communicate your thoughts as a designer is to of course to design but also to write about your designs and why you did a certain thing and not another. And having opinions, like strong opinions held loosely, I think that's the one we hear a lot here at ThoughtBot. And uh, I believe that that's important as well. And again, I don't want to see a lot of work. I don't want to see six or nine pieces of work with... So see, you might have some really nice work there. I need to see only one that is not convincing to start having doubts. Like, I know that it's. it could be an old piece. If, if that's the case, I would like the portfolio to be like, uh, sort of like a timeline. That's really good. Uh, in fact, I'm thinking of making my, I haven't touched my portfolio in ages, but I think at some point I want to make sort of like a timeline of, even like for self-development to see how I evolved throughout the years. So like 2014, this is the kind of work I've done. And 13 and going back all the way to 2006 or something. And, and that, that portfolio I'd be interested in to see the progress. But just like, random nine pieces of work from different like different styles and suffice to to have one of them that's weak to give to give like a not a bad impression, but a a mixed impression. Like, you know, the feeling of like, yeah, it's right, but, you know, you, that but part of the sentence, uh, you can avoid it by selecting your best work. It could be one, two, or three, or maybe four, but uh, staying around three is a good uh, number and providing a little bit more detail about so it could be just a couple of sentences of like the biggest issue was this and this is how it was solved that would probably be already a good start and yeah the uh, the I agree I agree that the the website doesn't the the website uh, like showing the work doesn't need to be too like gaudy it needs to be a little bit you know subdued. Uh, maybe use black or white neutral color to let the work uh, shine. Otherwise, like if you end up with a website that's super like, has a lot of details, a lot of stuff going on, uh, it might actually take away from, from that. I guess those are the, the things that I look for most. And to be honest, I think I belong to the camp of looking at GitHub and Ribble. Like I don't really care that much about like, anymore at least, uh, about like... Um, portfolio pages because i i want to see how often you 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 do work and how well how consistent you are i think this is the word i'm looking for consistency is the key word here and if i look at a dribble list of work and i see some sort of like consistency there in terms of quality and then I, i have a good feeling about the work same for github like if i look at three Last rep- or the most popular repositories, and I see like quality of, of work. Then I feel better about that profile than you know a set piece of, of work that you have done three years ago or whatever. Uh,
1: yeah, I I agree with that. I, I also say that like that Dribbble and GitHub are a bonus. That if people aren't posting there, that it's not like a negative for me. Yeah, it's just not a
0: positive. Right. It's a bonus definitely. Uh if I get to a profiles one that's very active on Dribbble and GitHub then I'll definitely consider that more.
1: Yeah, one of the things that I've seen f- from a couple portfolios is actually including like a lot of designers in the past haven't included their GitHub profile in like the social links that every website I guess has. Um but i've seen started to see it more and more and I love seeing designers have github profiles
0: yeah that's that's pretty really nice I mean it could be just an open source version of the website so that I can look at the way they they have done it uh could be jackal or middleman or whatever but it's interesting just to see how they also like organize it you see like that sort of stuff is actually tells a lot about the person i i can I can pretty much guess what type of person just by looking at uh the commit history, like how well mm-hmm. the messages are written, do they use them, like things like that. And of course, again, you can't judge people by just those elements, but they tell a lot. Like if you're tidy, you can see that. Uh, if you if you care about details, you can see that in the commit history. Uh, again, you don't have to do that to a level that's considered unhealthy, uh, like pretty much like myself or other people at ThoughtBot. <laughs> I mean, out, unhealthy from an outsider point of view. Uh, but there's there are some things, you, you, some small things like these that make me feel like, you know, I re, like I look at that that like work and I feel like it resonates with me. Like, yeah, this is what I would have done, sort of thing. Yeah, I'm not sure if this makes sense, but maybe I'm. It made sense to me. Yeah, it probably won't make sense for others because yeah they think it's not important, but again, I don't think this applies to every company I'm talking about myself and maybe to some extent about thoughtbot depending yeah, yeah. and
1: and that that's a very good point It's like we're looking for someone very specific and and so because of that we not only have, we have fairly high standards. I keep on telling people i don't know how I ever got hired like we're we're actively going through portfolios and throughout the entire process, like the rate at which people go through is, is not very high.
0: Yeah. This
1: episode of tentative is sponsored by media temple for years. Media temples grid service has been the web hosting choice for more designers, developers, and creative professionals than any other platform. That's because a single grid account can host anything from your portfolio site to a hundred different client projects. And the grid is ready for anything. Hundreds of servers work together to keep your site online, even if you suddenly hit the front page of Reddit. We have a special discount for tentative listeners. Use promo code TENT25 for 25% off web hosting. Go to mediatemple.net and enter your promo code upon signing up. Thanks to Media Temple for sponsoring our podcast. So that's our suggestions for for the portfolio. Once they get to the actual interview, the thing that I'm looking for is thoughtful responses to my questions and then thoughtful questions for ThoughtBot um, for the way that we work for the way that we have designers set up um, the designer position. Like I want to hear from them, like hopefully if they've, they've read the playbook or parts of the playbook, stuff like that and have questions about it and and have questions about, you know, what their role would be in the company.
0: Yeah. That sounds like a, like a good list of elements to to be looking for. One one thing I really think is important as far at least as far as I'm concerned is how honest and genuine they are. I think I can I can live with other things but it's hard for me to to deal with cases where people I'm working with are not being honest. You know, like I would ask for so let's say in the in interview I would ask the person, "Have you used any SAS?" and the person would say, mm, "Yeah, I've used it." But in reality, they didn't. I think that's that's fairly bad. I mean, obviously, I can't know right away. But it's good to be just to be yourself as, as far as, I mean, as the interviewee. Uh, if you don't know something, don't feel afraid to say, I don't know. I haven't used it. Because mm-hmm. honestly, I think ultimately, I, I personally don't look for people who know all the things. I look for people who are willing to know as much stuff as they like and to be passionate about the things they do. So obviously you don't need to know everything and you don't need to to have the right answer to all the questions. In fact, there is no like right answer.
1: Yep. I feel like the answer of like I don't know that but I feel like I can look it up and figure it out is like that's what I'm looking for.
0: Yeah, it's acceptable. It's more acceptable than saying that I know something and then in reality don't know or I enjoy doing something and in reality you don't know because we might actually end up hiring the person and that might not last long uh, maybe from their perspective where they will feel like oh, this is not the kind of work I wanted to do so I will I can't I can't stay here uh, especially like people like it, I find I find this to be a tricky part where a lot of designers come to us not knowing how we work end up being disappointed when they end up doing a lot of like implementation and you know a lot of like hands-on design i like Uh, that hands-on design yeah i i that's what i call it it's (laughs) hands-on design you 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 put your hands in in the mud and (laughs) i like i really liked your article by the way i I would like to yeah it's really well well written and every sentence like resonated with me uh which is actually pretty surprising <laughs> that's yeah. the
1: highest praise I've ever gotten.
0: Yeah, I was like, "This is written by Kyle." I guess it's gonna be quality is gonna be good, but I'm gonna disagree with stuff. Surprisingly, I didn't disagree with anything, so that's good. That's wow. a thumbs up. Uh, any S- yeah. So
1: Raid is referencing the blurred lines, and we'll throw that link into yeah. You should uh, go read the that. show notes.
0: It's it's really uh, especially like the way you talked about the analogy of uh, you know that people usually throw about like. Architecture. Uh, architects and build like, uh, you know, like the architects usually don't have a hand in, in making the final like building construction mm-hmm. work. And I've been hearing this a lot and it, it's uh, nonsensical. One of the reasons like you cited that is that a building is not a website. It's like a building has like super like strict regulations like to the to the centimeter even like more than that in terms of precision. And we can make websites that way, but it's not the right way to do it like ultimately ultimately we would <laughs> like to have a like, homes i think in the far future that's where what we will be heading like a home that you that that basically can 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 be changed to fit the the needs of the user like that's that's what we really want it's only that it's right now it's not super uh doable in terms of like there are other criteria so it right. needs to not fall when there's a earthquake and there are other things I, like that i do that. know
1: that like we're kind of getting off topic, but I do know that there was like one architect that would cares not, about topics, man. Not put any pathways in front of their buildings, on and the, it, they would like let people just walk uh, up into and see. Like you know, after a while, if you have like just grass in front of your building, you would see where people are walking, right? And they would I- put the pathways where people are walking.
0: Wasn't that experiment done in like somewhere in Harvard? Or I, I have an impression it was somewhere in uh, in Harvard or something like that, but I, we could look it up. Yeah, but I think the reason why we talked about that is that writing more blog posts and things like that help uh, like candidates to know more about us before mm-hmm. the interview. So if they read our stuff or just keep an eye on what's happening in the industry, then a lot of these like like uh missed expectations but won't happen right so that's why i i brought up the the article which everyone who's listening should should go and read uh even if you don't want to work for us but um yeah so part of the interview is the interviewee asking questions about yep. the pod and trying the to understand how work the other thing work.
1: that i'm looking for is um like while they're asking those questions or while they're talking to me that they're making eye contact through, even though it's like a hangout, like they're, they're looking at me, they're like engaging with me and they're not like, I don't know, typing on their computer or like off in the distance. Um, Did you do a lot of remote interviews? Yeah. Almost all of these are remote.
0: Oh, I see. That's interesting. How hard is it actually to feel how like the person interacts when you're doing it on hangouts or Skype? So for Hangouts
1: and Skype, I feel like it's a, it's a lot easier than like a phone call. So I've also done a yeah. few phone calls. Um, as much as possible, just like doing the things that you would normally do if the person was in the room and seeing, you know, how they respond to that too. Uh, again, like, you know, it is through the computer, but like you should be engaging the same way that you would be engaging me if you were sitting in the same room. So like, like there is a video component to this. Like you shouldn't be... Clearly doing something other than paying attention to like talking to me <laughs> yeah if that makes
0: sense uh no, it totally makes sense I, I was just because a lot of the interviews I've done recently were like uh, in person, uh, but I feel like the initial interview is not I mean I get a better idea of who the person is when we get them to visit the office than than from the interview.
1: As much as I would love to fly out to each one of our offices to do these <laughs> interviews. Or you make them fly be... over to you. All of them fly to Philly. Right. Uh, I yeah. think that would become quite costly after a
0: while. Yeah, right, right. I, I, I agree. <laughs> I'm not saying... Yeah, I, I'm, all, I'm, yeah I'm, I'm just saying that... Doing remote calls, it gives you an idea, a very basic idea about the person, but it's only when you get to pairing. And like, all right, I'll give you this example. Like some people tend to be a little bit more defensive when it comes to criticism. And it's hard to feel that from from the first interview. So it's I until think- you, you start pairing on something and they would do something a certain way. And I just like... I usually do this. It's 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 a bit evil, but I I agree with what they did. But I play devil's advocate and <laughs> and sound as if they did something wrong and see how they would react to that. And a lot of people would feel uncomfortable with with that. And this usually gives you an idea of how the person deals with feedback. Again, if if you want to know more about feedback and stuff, I think we've talked about that around episode four or five uh you yeah. can check the topic description i think there's one where we talked a lot about feedback but that's exactly why we do those in person
1: those in person days is because in order right. to get a real feel for how they work and how they respond to feedback and you know how friendly or personable they are and how they can you know talk about their design work you need to do that in, pers- in person like you know, doing design and talking about the choices that you made in your design are two different skills and, you know, we can see hopefully you doing the work from your portfolio, but actually talking, um, and seeing your thought process are probably things that like have to come out of that last day. Um, and the, the two meetings before that are just kind of like to filter anyone out that isn't worthwhile to have in for that day.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. Absolutely. So yeah, this uh, that pretty much covered the entire process. I think. Well, no, we haven't talked a lot about pairing, and as designers, I think pairing is a little bit trickier than developers. Uh, you want to touch on that, or I ha- I
1: actually haven't done one of those in person days probably since.
0: I can I, I can know. do that. I think I've done a couple. Last so why year. don't
1: you talk about that? So what what is the morning like for that pairing?
0: Um, it's usually going over some internal projects or open source project, either refactoring or I, I prefer refactoring because uh, it's not a new problem because a mm-hmm. new problem involves thinking about like bigger scope. So I try to find an existing feature that exists because I'm mostly interested in the micro decisions, not in the, like the, you know, I'm not interested really in, in like knowing how uh, they solve like big problems because usually you get a sense of that, By talking to them, by looking at the portfolio, or by the, or by the the challenge. challenge. Afternoon and uh, in Barron, it's mostly how you make micro decisions, how you take uh, peer feedback, and how you you proceed to communicate, uh, and also how you you proceed to implement something. So, like, pick some SaaS problem, probably that feels like it's a good a good way to like, you know, JavaScript, uh, not all of us really love JavaScript. And not all of our designers uh, do JavaScript. They're not required to be JavaScript experts. But at the very least, I think CSS and some degree SAS is a requirement.
1: Yeah, I would agree that both of those, at least some some sort of knowledge with SAS.
0: So pairing Um, about like, yeah, refactoring some SAS is, is a good exercise I do. Um, the the thing is, sometimes I don't find exactly something that's worth refactoring. So, in those cases, I would take a small story in some internal project and and work on it, or some app I'm working on. Uh, but that's that. That case, it's mostly I think I've done this once where we didn't pair on code. We paired on a small like UI uh, challenge. In a tiny Mac app I've been working on in the past. I'm still working on. Uh, and it was mostly like, how can we make this better? And it was mostly discussion, I guess. It's not; It doesn't really count as pair programming, but we're not programmers. So that's also part of, uh, in the sense that we're, I mean, it's a designer position. So as long as it gives me an idea of how they communicate and how they work in, te- in a team, I think that that should be fine. Yeah, so that's how how I've done them. Uh, the reason why I said it's a little bit harder than developer is that not everything we touch in is code, so mm-hmm. we could be working. Especially on Fridays, we tend to work on either open source or like internal projects or doing some visual design. You know, I personally do like, for instance, podcast covers or some small things here and there. So it's it's not always like code, code, code which means it's sometimes you have to think hard to find something. And also, yeah, I mean, CSS is great and all, but for a person who has never seen that, like a certain code base, they might be a little bit afraid at first. So it's your role to make them feel at ease and and that the goal is not really to test their knowledge about CSS. Like we still would look up stuff in Stack Overflow if we get stuck, but it's mostly... Yeah, how 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 we approach a certain like small problem of like, hey, how can we make this a variable, or how can we, how can we split this into multiple files? How can we organize this thing or that thing? So, yeah, tell me about the challenge. It's usually, I think, in the past we've
1: used some sort of, you know, city bike challenge. But usually, like, what we're trying to figure out there is like, see their they're thinking from the early stages of a design problem. So we give them uh, a simple problem that we think that, you know, they can solve with like whiteboard, wireframes, sketches, like depending on how far they can get in a couple hours. But basically what we're trying to see is like how they would solve that problem if they had more time, basically. yeah. Um, and it's th- that high level product thinking um, that we're looking at during that process
0: so do you give them like half a day to do it
1: again i haven't done this in a while just because yeah. i've been in philly by myself
0: so last time i've I've done it i i don't I, well i'll i'll be blunt i don't like the a half day challenge it's not how it works or it's not how design works so the reason is basically you're forcing a person to come with a problem in a super constrained situation super short time. So at least if you have this much of like uh, constraints, you should be very like loose when judging the the outcome. I mean, you can't give this short period of time and then expect some. uh, And I, I know, I understand we're looking for communication and how to present your ideas. But I think within those four hours, they might have done so little that it's hard even to justify. It's like the phase where, I'm still not sure even what I'm trying to solve as far as I'm concerned. Like when I do, when I start a new project, probably the first day or first week, I still don't have an idea exactly of, of, of what is the real problem. Like just identifying the problem takes time. So last time when I did this, I gave the person a challenge on Friday. Oh no, uh, on Monday. And they came over to the office to present it on Friday. So they had an entire week to think about it. And obviously we will I will have higher expectations too with the fact that they like you know they they had four days to think about it and to sleep on it I think that's very important sometimes you don't get the right thing until you sleep on it at least once so that's that has been my preferred way of doing it uh and then we would spend the entire day just like pairing talking and it's, yeah, just socializing to see if there is a good... And also, it's not just... I prefer to have the person talk to the other people in the office as well. So it's not going to be just the two of us pairing the entire day. Uh, if there, the other designers available, we'll have them pair with, with them for half of the day. That's what we've been doing, like pairing two people. And then going to lunch together, talking to everyone. Because... We're ultimately trying to find out is whether this person is a good match for the company and whether the company is a good match for this person.
1: Yep. It's also that that's an important distinction to make. Like the the match goes both ways, right? Yeah, um, right. The person has to be good for us and we have to be good for that person. And that's yeah, why yeah, I like absolutely. going back to that initial interview, like half of the non-technical interview is talking about them and then the other half is talking about ThoughtBot. And I feel like it's both an interview... They, they, I should be interviewing them, and they should be interviewing me.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's absolutely, and uh, it gives them also an idea of how what is a what is a what is a day at Thoughtbot like. Mm-hmm. And I think Friday is probably the it's a different day, so a lot of people might think that oh, you guys always do open source. <laughs> that's not really the case. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I guess it still gives them a good idea of how like the people who are working in this office. Because now it's become more like office focused. So they won't obviously meet everyone at thought top, but they will meet the, pe- the, the people in their office and they will see like whether there's a good chemistry or not. And I think I put more emphasis on that than the other stuff. Well, unless there is something that's really like off. Most of the time, like it goes pretty well, actually. And uh, I think the worst, I mean, the, the worst case that would happen is the person would not uh, get along with us for a reason or, an, or another or they would not have enough skill technical skill to be considered for a full-time position because again we're in the business of you know helping clients but also I mean we're supposed to bill clients as well and if the person cannot be billed full-time then probably we can can be able to to hire that person right so we 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 used to do apprenticeships, but I think at some point well I'm not sure like whether we're still doing that yeah, but uh we
1: are I think we just need to get so for a little while that we just put a pause on the program, um, yeah, and for the right people in the right cities, we'll certainly start up the program
0: so when we were doing that, it was uh, like a lot of times like we would find a person with a great like character and a like, right match, but their skills are not up to the standards we require. To be able to build them f- full time, so in that case, then obviously uh, we we used actually to offer them to start as an apprentice or something like that. But yeah, what I'm trying to say is, uh, first we like the last step is basically about checking the chemistry between the candidate and and the company, and on second degree is uh, whether th- they can be part like a full time employee. And I've had cases where one of these were were not the case uh, mostly mm-hmm. the technical part but also i've got i've got like cases where the technical part was really good but the personality part was not exactly a good match and i know it's hard to you know to find always an ideal candidate and i guess sometimes you make um uh, especially on the technical side you make some compromises like it's fine if you don't know this much like i don't know SAS, maybe and as long as you know css you can get on board with SaAS pretty quickly, and we typically would put them with someone else on a project until they feel more comfortable with the technology and then it can be on their on their own I think that's a good uh good point to just end on. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I think that's it. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, this was episode 12 of Tentative. Uh, you can check the show notes uh, on tentative.fm. twelve. You can follow us on Twitter at tentative.fm, one word, or you can email us, hosts at tentative.fm. Uh, again, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate us on iTunes, email us, tweet at us. Uh, let's be friends.
1: One last note, we are looking for designers for multiple offices. If you'd like to work with me and Rita at ThoughtBot, go over to ThoughtBot.com slash jobs to learn more about working at
0: ThoughtBot and apply.
1: Okay, I'm out. Peace. I'm out
0: too. Thank you very much. Later. Bye.